streams. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the streams was bad. Cross the Streams podcast, dishing on the drive segment. Kip and Kane back together for a current events in the sports world. And, and without diving too much into the games, Kane and I want to talk specifically the NBA, National Basketball Association, the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Western Conference Finals. And Kane, like, we could spend a ton of time talking about just the quality of play because both these series have shown a lot of great basketball. As a basketball coach, I'm enthralled with the series. But I think what got you and I going is about a 17 text exchange between us watching the West Finals, Game 1, Golden State at Houston, and what's the word we want to use? The culture of cliche criticism? Or I think you had a better word about the narrative of not the players on the floor Mm -hmm. or the coaches, but those gentlemen in suits in front of the camera during the game, after the game, and covering the game. Yeah, man. It just drives me wild watching these playoffs, how the narrative that they try and build with each playoff game changes after every result, after a win or a loss or a blowout win, a close win, a blowout loss, whatever, whoever wins, the narrative changes for the next 48 hours until that next game. And then after that game, the narrative changes. And it's just, it. and then when you really just listen to some of the commentating and the analysis of some of these games, I go nuts. I go crazy. <laughs> I sit there and, and if you ask my wife who, who watches me just get infuriated I had we had to talk about it because, like you said, we were exchanging texts back and forth uh, mm-hmm. after watching this latest debacle of analysis, <laughs> if you want to call it that, um, between Chris Weber, Reggie Miller, and Marv Albert. Marv Albert, it was just, uh, and then you got Chuck and Kenny and, and the TNT crew who I love, <laughs> right? But also can't stand their analysis. Sometimes it, I just it drives me nuts. I know it has to drive everyone else out there crazy too. Yep. At least the ones that I think that have a little bit of boss basketball knowledge, just a little yes. bit. You don't have to have right. an overwhelming. You don't have to be a coach like yourself, a head coach like yourself, or a guy that grew up playing basketball and around the game my whole life. Those of you that are just casual fans, there's got to be a little bit of you that kind of questions some of this <laughs> analysis at times. And I think the thing that is most, and, and like mentioned, first of all, like a whole nother sidebar is the fact that you're absolutely right. I love the TNT crew except for when they talk about the games. Exactly. Like, I, like, I can't stand them. It is so – so let, let's give you an example of what Kane and I got going. If you know the series, Golden State is the best team in basketball, has been for how many years now? Three or four, three aside or four from the least. LeBron hiccup with the best player in the world, beat them. Then they add Kevin Durant. And everyone in the world, like you mentioned, you don't have to be a basketball coach, a basketball player, to know if you have five guys on the floor that can all score and shoot, you're going to be better than a team that has two or three at any given time. So Kane and I are losing our minds in game when the Houston Rockets, who are the number one seed in the West, they won 60 (laughs) games, right? 65. 65 games with James Harden and Chris Paul playing one-on-one on on a ball screen. And for a ball screen, pick and roll for those of you out there that don't know what we're talking about. And they just find the best, is it Chris's turn or James's turn, to beat the person in front of them. And you may not like it, Chris Webber, Reggie Miller, Charles, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, Shaq. Shaq. But they won 65 games doing it in the best league in the world. No one stopped them. Why would they change now, even <laughs> though they're playing Golden State? Does that make any sense? No, and it they, doesn't make any sense. 
would you do that in your job? Like at Washington, University of Washington, Coach Peterson would not tell you, you know what we're doing this week, Kane? I need you to find video on the exact opposite of what we've done all season. <laughs> That's, I mean, that. exactly. If we would have went into the Penn State bowl game and said, you know what, Saquon Barkley's a really good running back. We're going to completely change what we do up front in order to stop him. We're going to implement a whole new defensive front, a whole new de- – just change our coverage in the back end yeah. in order for us to do this. That's what we got to do right now. Throw away everything that's got us to this 10 wins on the yep. year and get us the best defense of the Pac-12. Nope, that's not what we're doing. We're going to do this completely different defense because maybe we saw it on film uh, in the Big Ten or something along those lines. No, even, that's not how it works. It'd be, it'd be like a marketing firm saying, you know what we've done? We've been great on social media, but we're, we've gotten a little challenge from our competitors down the streets. You know what we're going to do? We're going to blow it up and go newspaper ads. <laughs> blow it up. It just – it doesn't it, – it's so – here's another example. They are – Kenny Chris, – Chris Weber is screaming at the Houston Rockets to cut more. And granted, yeah. when Chris Weber played, he played on a team whose scheme with Coach Rick Adelman – was cuts, split cuts, back cuts, curl cuts. That's awesome. That worked for you, Chris. Guess who it doesn't work for? P.J. Tucker, <laughs> Luke Mute, and Clint Capella off of James Harden. People And Reggie Miller's yelling, they got to make a quicker decision. James Harden has built his entire MVP season on 13 dribbles of possession. That's what the man does. But today, game one, he's going to suddenly pass it quicker to guys who can't dribble. Yeah, I, it, do you not watch film? I mean, <laughs> before you go and watch this game, Chuck, Kenny, and Shaq, Reggie, Chris, all of you guys out there that are these experts, do you not watch any film prior to analyzing these games or commentating on these games? Don't tell me, Shaq, that the Rockets need to throw Clint Capella the ball after the pick and roll because he's got a mismatch with Steph Curry in the post. That's not the mismatch that we want. Clint Capella hasn't scored with his back to the basket since he was Ever. in the fourth grade. He might not have even done it then because he probably wasn't playing basketball then. Right. It just and that's the infuriating part that you like the Rockets could not or probably aren't going to beat the Warriors. But that's the thing. Nobody's going to beat the Warriors strictly no. because of who the Warriors are. And yes, the Warriors run some more screening cuts action, but guess why that works? It's not going to work for your fifth grade team. It's not going to work for your high school team, high school coach. It's not going to work for my team here at Willamette because we don't have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. Durant, exactly. That's and why Draymond our stuff Green, isn't that awesome. Yeah, exactly. Or a guy like Draymond Green, who you can defensively let roam around and do what he does. That's why they're right. successful able to defend the Rockets because they've got guys with length like Kevin Durant who can play four or five different positions defensively. Draymond's the same way and can roam back there off of a P.J. Tucker and still get back to the recover to the corner. These guys are very good. Regardless of what you think they should be doing offensively, Rockets-wise, the Warriors are probably going to still outscore them. You you brought up a great point because of what the Warriors do. It's not in who they are. Not necessarily the system. It's still a great system. Don't get me wrong. It's an awesome system. But don't tell me that every team in the NBA should play like the Warriors because they can't. The Cleveland Cavaliers, for example, can't play like the Warriors. I'm sorry. They don't have the guys. No, if the Milwaukee Bucks decided to run the Warrior system, (laughs) they'd be terrible. They would be absolutely terrible.
And they're talking about, you know what, Mike D'Antoni just doesn't adjust. That's what I want to mirror. Can we talk about that in this same segment as coaches? Like we're coaches that our job, right, is to find the definition of what an adjustment truly is. Mm -hmm. And I hate to tell people it is not a magical reimagination of your team in the heat of the moment. You don't have an hour to call timeout <laughs> and then go tell your nose tackle, you know what you're going to do? You're going to run back to the goal line and lay on your back. That's <laughs> it. Like people, they keep saying, these, Mike D'Antoni doesn't adjust. Why should he? He's got the best one-on-one player in the world, a Hall of Fame point guard, and he puts them in ball screens until they find a mismatch. It's great offense. Your keep That's away, smart. flex down pin screen that works in high school with no shot clock doesn't work in the NBA. Why would we? Yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but it is such that is so such an overused word when it comes to analysis and commentating. It drives me absolutely crazy. They do it in football all the time. Oh, halftime adjustments, halftime adjustments. This guy does. (laughs) He's 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 a master of halftime adjustments, really, because you can see the 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 fine tuned detail (laughs) adjustment that they made at halftime. You have no idea what you're talking about. There was not some magic amazing throw out this White, playbook. Yeah. Let's go to this playbook over the right. course of halftime, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. That doesn't happen. The, no. the realistically, people, I'm telling you right now, it does not happen. You can't – you 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 have to be able to build your defense or your offense, football speaking, in, yep. to make the subtle changes or the little slight adjustments within your scheme. You don't right. just flip schemes just like that. You don't go from a run-and-shoot – offense or a fast tempo offense all of a sudden I'm going under center and running power because you can't stop the run it doesn't work that way no and I love how at halftime you know the Warriors always win third quarters and people say oh Steve Kerr he goes in and I think people imagine Steve Kerr's a great coach I'm not talking anything about Steve Kerr he doesn't draw nine new things on the whiteboard (laughs) at halftime you know what happens I bet occasionally Draymond Green cusses out the team and they play a little harder. 100%. I bet occasionally Clay and Steph, instead of going two for six, go five for six because they're the two best shooters that have ever lived. Yes. I mean, and I heard that's Doug the Gottlieb. Adjustments. Yes, that's the adjustment. I heard <laughs> Doug it. Gottlieb tell America that, you know what the problem is, James Harden, his teammates get bored. They get oh, bored God. watching oh. him play. But then in the same breath, he says that Golden State's plan is to not leave shooters and let Harden go to the basket. So you want James Harden to not <laughs> only not get to beat his guy like he does constantly, but knowing that Golden State is staring at P.J. Tucker, throw it to him anyway, instead mm-hmm. of shooting 75% and getting 41 points? Yeah. What, what, what should we do, Doug? Should we run? Should we run the picket fence so we can get Trevor Ariza a two foot pull up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I forget, mean, you know, forget like, it. Let's let's scrap Harden getting his forty one points. Let's make sure Trevor Ariza gets twenty yeah. plus. That's going to win us this series. Get you out of here! Be, oh, get I can't believe it. Like it's just the the level of like like you mentioned. If I have that job, which I'll never have because I'm not a great coach, and I'm fine to say that. I work my ass off to do what I get. But if I ever if I ever was in charge of you know what Kip we need you to call the women's game tonight because the the bear, voice of the Bearcats is hurt you know what I do I'd watch some damn film <laughs> exactly of what the teams like to do and I wouldn't throw my Chris Weber well when we were in Sacramento we ran a pin down split you know what <laughs> nobody split off that in ten years Chris 
and the Rockets can't do it because they don't have you. They don't have you to throw that pass. It's, oh. it's just like, yeah, it'd be like me as a, as a coach saying, well, no, we're going to run this this defense because that's what I ran when I was playing. Exactly. And that's what works for me, so that's what has to work for you. Uh-huh. No, it doesn't work that way. And as a commentator, please, for the love of God, do some background film work, some study, before you just go out there and throw out generalizations. It drives me absolutely – it drives me nuts. They throw out these general generalizations, and they just overkill their points over and over and over again. And God forget, forbid that one time, that like the point that James Harden one time held it too long, they got a bad shot clock situation, yep. they had to throw one up or heave one, and that's the one possession that these dudes just jump all over and make sure they show you at halftime just to prove their terrible points that they really right. don't have. So Kenny hey can take his knock knees into the screen for you and show you this exact play that he's he knows that this just proved my point. Kenny Smith is desperate to be an NBA head coach. That's the behind-the-scenes truth to everybody. He would love to interview for a job. And yet, every time he goes inside the game, he wants to help off of Clay Thompson <laughs> to stop a Sean Livingston drive. Yeah. He wants to corner which no one in basketball has left a corner shooter in 10 years you don't leave corner shooters to stop a runner but kenny smith wants them to because that's what the rockets did against the knicks when the knicks went the shot the lowest finals three-point percentage in history and they won the game has evolved the game has changed and you have to be able to say you know what'd be fun i want to see if the rocket system can get to 120 before the warriors and it's going to be awesome to watch because it's exactly. different exactly you know like exactly. let's just i'm going to watch it tonight and i'm not going to judge james harden once i'm not no. going to compare him to steph curry i'm going to say you know who the freaking warriors have a 7 foot freak named kevin durant and the Rockets don't. And that's probably the, the difference. That's, Everything that's else the is the X same. factor right there. That's the X factor that's put the Warriors over the top for the last two – or is going to put them over yeah. the top this year. Did it last year against the Cavaliers and every other team in the NBA. That's the ultimate X factor is, is the 6'11", 7-footer that can do everything. Uh, it's in, in not to mention, like you said, multiple times, the freaking Splash Brothers, the best two shooters in the game. Right. How do you and defend that? Last thing. We only got two minutes left. Listen, people, I know your coach back at Timbuktu High School or D3 University like I'm at, I know we love to plant help defense. Get on the midline. Get over. Guess what you can't do in the NBA, folks? You can't sit in the paint on defense as a helper. It's called illegal defense. So guess what's (laughs) wide open for all these back cuts and flex cuts in the NBA? It's not the NBA guys being lazy. I would like to see your defense Guard a back cut flare when they can't be in the help on the backside. They're going to get back cut too. Sorry, guys. Yes, exactly. Uh, it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Here's here's one thing that's been that drives me nuts too. Here's another cliche that that is thrown out there way too much, way too often. I heard about five or six times last night from Mark Jackson. <laughs> this is his favorite quote this time of year. It's playoff basketball. Uh. That's just downright <laughs> playoff basketball. Anytime there's a hard foul, there's something that extracurricular. Yeah. That's playoff basketball. That's pl- no, dude. It's still fucking basketball. <laughs> it's still basketball. Okay. Right? That is still an illegal play. You can't do that. 
right. that still should be called a foul. I'm sorry. That's still a foul. Just because it's the playoffs doesn't mean the officials all of a sudden need to call it differently. That makes zero fucking sense. <laughs> it's playoff basketball. It's playoff football. It's Never playoff. forget. They're going to hold that flag in their pocket a little bit longer because it's playoff football. Playoff. No, dude. It's the same game. It's the same rules. That I'm might be why Mark Jackson lost in the first round with the exact same team that Steve Kerr won the championship with 10 months later. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy because, once again, I'm not a better coach than either, but I call a spade a spade. Addition <laughs> on the drive, the culture of cliches. Change your narrative. We'll cross the street. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the street was bad. <laughs>